Hello and welcome back to another edition of NEEMT Radio. I'm your host, Rob Lawrence. And first of all, Happy New Year. I hope you all had a great holiday period. I know probably statistically half of you were on the truck and working. Um, we hope you had a, a quiet and safe uh, holiday period. So it's 2024 already, and this is the start of year two of NAMT Radio, and I'm very proud of that fact. And so who better to start a new year with than our president, President Susan Bailey? Welcome, and uh, how was your holiday? Hi, thank you. My holiday was great. It was great, and I hope everyone had a, a good holiday. And for those that had to work, Thank you for your service, and I hope you that at some point you got to spend time with your family, and I hope that everyone has a very happy and safe new year. And it's a new year, which means you're already halfway through your tenure as president. Just how quickly did 2023 go for you? I think I blinked my eyes and it was over. It has been exciting and thrilling and very busy. But um, it has been great. And it was been a very fast paced year. I've met so many wonderful people, learned so much more about EMS and the needs of the EMS profession. And so it's been a very exciting year. And I'm looking forward to 2024 to see what that delivers. And uh, we have a lot of promising things coming on the horizon. Excellent. And we'll get to that in just a second. But I have to say, if you listen to the last edition of NEMT Radio, I had President-elect Chris Way on, and we had the discussion of, listen, pal, you know, the countdown and the clock is ticking. Um, obviously, the good thing is that you have the whole President-elect, President, immediate past president. So you have a wealth of experience and a great deal of expertise uh, in that sort of way that you do that. And that, that's obviously good for both you, good for Chris, and obviously you can rely on, you know, Bruce's immediate past president. So, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you guys are not alone, but obviously, you know, the, the clock is running for both of you now to get ready for the next inevitable handover. Yes, we've had several meetings and, you know, Chris has been included. And uh, it was just to make sure that whatever was happening is going to be carrying over into his presidency. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's going to happen. And I'm going to be president. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, yeah, you are. <laughs> uh, maybe it's an age thing, Susan. I think the older you get, the quicker time flies as well. So uh, it'll be no time before that. Anyway, let's talk about 2024. And I want to cover two key areas. And those key areas, and bearing in mind, you know, this is first of the year. I'm going to ask you, first of all, about what we did, and then I'll ask you about what we're going to do. So, you know, give us a summary, first of all, of the year that was 2023. Again, 2023 was very busy, very exciting. NAEMT published three national market surveys. One was on the mobile integrated health and community paramedicine programs. 50% of the agencies that reported are serving urban and suburban demographics. It, for the type of care that was offered, 70% were offer both ALS and BLS care. The National Survey on EMS Economic and Operational Models, the turnover rate in 2021 was 12%, and in 2022 was 11%. In response times have increased, 
And there's an alternate alternative response to low acuity calls. So again, not always is now every call getting a fast response time because the call volume has increased. And then we had a national survey on EMS workforce engagement and satisfaction. The most interesting fact that came from this was the reasons for leaving the EMS profession. And number one was a better work-life balance. Pay and benefits were no, was number two. And then number three is the concern for physical and mental health. And so we looked at this and we looked at how can we help address those three issues. And then we sent letters to Congress uh, what, a few were joint letters. One was to the House and Senate leaders. It was signed by 13 national EMS organizations and fire organizations calling for the federal government to accurately count the number of EMS personnel in the country. We also had a joint letter to the Senate subcommittee, subcommittee on labor, health, and human services and education to request funding for the EMS for Children program in 2024 and a joint letter to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs to request delay on the implementation of the final rule changes in the rates that the VA pays for ambulance services. And I just received a notice today that that is going to be delayed until February of 2025. And then we sent a letter to the Secretary of Health and Human Services and the CMS Administrator expressing our disappointment for the ET3 model being terminated two years early. Um, that was that was a real blow to us. We were really looking forward to getting that data after, after the entire pilot program was finished. We had advocacy campaigns to generate support in Congress for our legislation. We had a total of eight campaigns that resulted in almost 6,000 emails to almost 430 members of Congress. So we've been very busy and we've been working hard on behalf of the EMS profession. So let me just cut in there. I mean, a couple of things you've already mentioned and uh, Matt Zavadsky and the ET3 discussion and uh, treatment uh, tip and tad. Um, and I'm determined to get rid of acronyms because I, I speak to politicians and they have no clue what we're talking about, right? So uh, treatment in place and treatment, uh, sorry, transport to alternative destinations. We have Matt Zavadsky coming up on NEMT radio to talk about that. Uh, I think uh, actually we have Matt next. And so I look forward to that conversation. Um, you talked about, uh, you know, the reasons for leaving. Now, there's been a ton of surveys this last uh, 12 months, not only inside EMS, but also outside EMS. And I always look at the glass door survey each year, and they look at the top 50 organizations in the country. And uh, actually, there's one EMS system, one EMS agency in the top 50 glass door agencies or uh, organizations in the in the country. And not one of them cites pay and benefits as a retention issue because actually what they cite is good leadership and good management. And nobody says I leave for the money. So that, that one of the keys also is is a good leadership environment. Obviously, that then goes hand in hand with a better work-life balance. And so, you know, there's some some hints and tips there for us all to look at and for us all to work on. The EMS um, 1 What Paramedics Want survey 
I have to be blunt and said, you know, management and leadership got a good slapping in that. And obviously there's some takeaways perhaps we can, you know, work on. And obviously I know that uh, certainly during uh, Bruce Evans's presidency, leadership was a very, very sharp focus of Bruce. And obviously that continues within the association. And so, you know, there's some good takeaways and therefore some good homework for everybody to focus on as we go forward. Moving on though, Susan, you, you've mentioned... Uh, the the sort of ad advocacy that you're doing looking forward now um we have ems on the hill coming up yes our first big activity will be ems on the hill it's scheduled for april 16th and 17th in washington dc and while the points are not finalized possibly or they're going to be on the following topics the EMS counts, which we want to accurately count the number of EMS practitioners that are in the country. And right now, you know, our census doesn't allow for anyone to identify as a firefighter EMT or a firefighter paramedic. It's it's either firefighter or EMT or paramedic. So we're asking that there be some additional subcategories for firefighters, firefighters, EMTs, firefighter paramedics, or just, you know, just firefighter, all others, so that we can identify exactly how many EMS practitioners are in our country. Because when we're asking for money, one of the first questions that Congress asked, the congressional leaders ask us is, well, how many people are we talking about? And we really just don't have that specific answer. And so that's one thing. Also, some treatment in place and transport to alternate destinations legislation. You know, based on some information that we received for treatment in place or, or patients that were not transported to an emergency department during uh, the pandemic, this could potentially save $38 million of CMS money for a legislation to be passed. And we do have, we are working with some drafts with some congressional leaders on getting some of that legislation drafted. And we're hoping that some of it will be dropped before we get to the Hill in April. And then reauthorization and increased funding for the Siren Grant. The current year is a five-year authorization and it ended in September of this year with a uh, 10.5 million available in grant funding. We're asking that this be increased so that we can help the rural areas with training, with buying equipment, with retention and recruitment, education, and those kind of things. So those are the three things we're looking at right now. Of course, the way the legislation goes, it's subject to change by the time April turns around. But again, those dates are April 16th and 17th. And we hope to see everyone there to have a great EMS on the Hill Day. That's superb. Uh, again, I'll, I'll always pick up a couple of things that you mentioned. And, uh, you know, when we talk about data and information and legislating, we as an organ as a series of organizations, no matter who you are, we have to be spot on with our information because you can't walk in to an elected official's office at whatever level and go, well, and they ask you a number and your answer is some, many, multiple, a ton, um, a lot. That those aren't numbers; those are words. So we have to be absolutely accurate in our counts, in our data, and in the information we presented. And actually, talking about siren and numbers, you know, ten point five million—that's good. But actually, you divide ten point five million by the amount of organisations that could be eligible. It's not a lot of money, and therefore, we really do need to keep on with that. Yes, and that's why we're we're asking that it be renewed. Number one, 
reauthorization and then increase the funding so that we can have more agencies that are eligible receive some of the funding. Well, let's uh, keep going, Susan. And uh, EMS education, uh, a lot of publications in a lot of languages. Yes, our PHTLS 10th edition, uh, the translations are being started and they're uh, being finalized actually in Spanish, Dutch, French, German, Georgian, Greek, Italian, Korean, Norwegian, Swedish, simple and transitional Chinese, Ukrainian, Romanian, all these levels. Our international PHTLS classes are flourishing. They're doing wonderful in these countries. And so we have translated that edition into those languages so that it can be used. We've also scheduled the publishing for the PHTLS military textbook, PHTLS for first responders. All of that is scheduled for publishing in 2024. The fourth edition of AMLS has been written and is now in production. There's a new chapter on women's health emergencies, and it's scheduled to be published in March of 2024. EMS safety officers, the new course was just published, and that's available Community Paramedicine course series, there is now six courses that are published and additional courses are in development. The third edition of the new GEMS course has new lessons, case studies, patient simulations, and a new course manual that was published in August. So that's ready to go. Our All Hazards Disaster Response course is in its second edition with new lessons, simulations, and a revised course manual. It's nearing completion and is scheduled to be published in early 2024. And we have a new course coming out. The EMS Field Training Officer course is in development and it's estimated to be published in late 2024. So we have a lot of updates and we have a few new courses that are coming out. So it's very exciting. Don't forget everybody out there that make sure you like and subscribe to NAMT Radio on the channel that you get your podcast on. And most usually, if you're looking at your phone, there's a little check mark in the top corner of your phone. If you hit that, that means you've liked and subscribed. And it also means every time a new edition of NAMT Radio drops, which is pretty much every two weeks we put an edition up, then you can get notified that we're there. And uh, please, please, please do that. Moving on, Susan. Um, Committee work has been, I mean, they've been very, very busy. And uh, what have they been up to? And and of course, what are they going to be up to? Well, our committees are really the workhorse of our association. They work very hard. They're all voluntary leaders of the profession. And we recruit members of these committees based on their expertise and their knowledge. So we have an advocacy committee, and this committee advises the board on pending federal legislation and regulations that could impact the practice of emergency and mobile health care and develop and implement strategy, strategies in support of the association's legislative priorities. And so they're very active, especially with EMS on the Hill activities. They recommend to the board what the asks should be once we get to EMS on the Hill. And they're they're kept apprised by NAEMT staff on what's going on and how and if NAEMT should or need to respond to the legislation that's currently active. Our education committee provides advice and guidance to the board on all aspects of NAEMT's education programs. And, and 
in addition to the overall education committee, we also have specific committees such as AMLS, PHT, EPC that focus specifically on those specific programs. Our Disaster Preparedness Committee advises the board on ways to strengthen the role of EMS in our nation's um, response and preparedness activities. I was uh, chair of that committee for two years, and it's a very busy committee, Because, but it doesn't just focus on how do we respond to disasters, because several people on the committee have a lot of experience doing that. But it's also some of the guidance and some of the guidelines that are published by the federal government that this committee provides input on. And so we have several people who have this expertise on that committee, and it's a very active committee. The EMS Economics Committee provides strategies and actions to increase economic strength and resiliency of EMS through both revenue and enhancements and operational efficiencies. And so they're focusing on reimbursement reform, recruitment and retention. How do we get EMS practitioners paid so that that, that we don't have to work two jobs? Part of one of the surveys that came out, over 60% of EMS practitioners are working two jobs. And, you know, with the work schedule, the way it is for most practitioners, working a second job leaves no home life. And so that's one of the focuses of that of the economics committee. The workforce committee advises the board on issues that impact the ability of our nation's EMS workforce to improve quality emergency and mobile health care and recommends actions the association could take to address these issues. And this year, they have a project that we'll be working on. It's going to be a guide on building an EMS recruitment pipeline. And so we have budgeted money for this. And we're I'm looking forward to seeing what this committee comes up with recruiting people into our profession. Our membership committee also has a new project. They're having a membership campaign that starts in 2024. They assist and provide information to the board on membership recruitment and and retention. Some more interesting points, Susan, actually. And, and you mentioned the thing that just made my ears prick up is about the providers that have, you know, to have more than one job. Uh, interestingly, I was just chatting to Bryony Gilby, and I know that you were up on the hill with her when she did a uh, a Senate showing of the Honourable But Broken documentary, which I know NAMT um, is involved with and is promoting. And that's actually about to be put onto sort of a general release. Uh, and that's something that, that was really a showstopper when I reviewed that whole hour's worth of honorable broken is, you know, the, the people that have to work more than one or, you know, more than one, more than two jobs in order to make a living because of the, the parlous state of reimbursement and, and the, the benefit that we get. And so obviously that's a, that's a major feature, which uh, hopefully we'll continue to focus on. Yes, that documentary is terrific. And I was in Washington when we showed it at, at the Senate. And it, it is spot on with everything that is an issue in EMS. And I, and I applaud her for the work she did on this. Um, um, we NAEMT is looking for ways to get this out and how we can show this to people who can influence positive change for EMS. 
Well, I'm delighted to say that uh, on my video podcast with EMS One, which runs concurrently with this, uh, that's going to be this week's uh, focus as well. So I'll put the show notes from that on here. I'll put the show notes from the other one, our one, onto there. So everyone will will see and have a chance to hear Bryony talk about the creation of that. And I have to say, it's very, very moving and very, very powerful. Just my interview, Absolutely. my interview with Bryony is that, and not the documentary. Um, you know, get ready with the Kleenex. I'll have to tell you that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So talking of membership, you know, I was chatting, I think it was to Chris last time around when we were talking about just the cost of being a member, right? And the benefits that you get from the organization. And we were trying to figure it out, and I will, I will get to the bottom of this, but if you, you know, rent a car, rent a hotel room, you know, have some assistance with purchasing your uniforms, et cetera, the cost of membership of NAMT could essentially be free because of the benefits you get. But take us through the sort of, you know, the, the membership classifications and then you know, those benefits that folk can have from becoming an NEMT member? Yeah, so the active member is $40 a year, and that's just that's a general membership for all EMS practitioners. And then there's discounts to that. And if, you're, if you are a member of the an affiliate state, there's a $10 discount. If you're an, an NAEMT instructor, there's a $10 discount. Or if you are in the active military, there's a $15 discount. So you can cut that $40 down to $30 or $25 with those discounts. Um, if you're like me and you, when you started in NAMT, you knew you were going to be here for a while, so you just paid for the lifetime, um, that's $600 uh, a one-time fee, not per year, one-time fee. And then you don't have to remember if it's been canceled or if, you know, you pay late or whatever, it's just over with. And you still have all your membership benefits, even with that one-time fee. And then there's the agency membership discount, which is $400 for the first 10. And then I, and then you can add additional members to that for the additional the additional fees, but the benefits. So, you know, I, I looked on the website and I was going to specifically list them, but then like I started getting into like three and four pages and I was like, well, I can't, you know, I can't name every one of them. So I just kind of lumped them into, into various categories, but there's clothing discounts. If you have to buy your own uniforms, go through NAEMT, there's clothing discounts for that, for uniforms. There's travel discounts. There's shipping discounts. There's car rental, um, hotels, technology, wellness. There's a yoga discount for a yoga class, some wellness counseling, education, continuing education discounts, discount to EMS World Expo. So any of these, if you take advantage of, of two or three of these in a year, you have met the return on the $40 per year. When you use these discounts, you have to go through the NAEMT website and click on the link through our website so that the discount will apply. And then finally, there's a $10,000 accidental death dismemberment insurance for all members. And so, you know, I don't want anything bad to happen to anyone, but for $40, should something happen, that could be a huge help to, to any member's family if something, if, if that was needed. And so that just automatically comes with your $40 a year. So, so the membership benefits are just tremendous when you look at how much membership 
is per year. Thank you for highlighting that. And uh, I'm certainly, next time I rent a car, I'm certainly going to be uh, pulling out my NEMT uh, card and uh, membership and getting on that one. So uh, I, I look forward to, to saving my money in that way. As we get to the uh, the end of the discussion, Susan, you know, President Bailey, what's your bottom line here? So, you know, our goals are to have EMS practitioners be paid for the work they're doing, to be recognized as a valuable asset in the healthcare industry. In my opinion, reimbursement reform is the key factor on getting EMS practitioners the pay they deserve. And so we're hoping that this upcoming year will be the year to have legislation for treatment in place where EMS providers can get paid for the treatment they're doing and then in turn pay the EMS practitioners for the work they're doing. It's a long road. It's a tough road. And we have been walking this road for a very long time, but I am I am optimistic that it's going to happen this year. Great. Well, thank you for that. Uh, and I hope that uh, we get to have you back on as a guest on NAMT Radio as the year goes on. Don't forget, everybody, uh, we drop a new episode of NEMT Radio just about every two weeks, so twice a month we're here. Um, Look at the back catalogue. A lot of the things that Susan has discussed about the goods and the services and the products offered by NEMT, you can probably find a podcast where we've discussed those particular things. Obviously, we're looking forward to another year of broadcasting and bringing the experts to you, our NEMT members, on all of the things that we're up to. Um, We look forward to seeing you at EMS on the Hill and also later on in the year at Vegas this year, Susan, for for Expo and obviously the uh, NEMT Annual Awards. Uh, That's exciting, not least because I only have to travel literally 10 minutes across the street to the convention centre, so that's good for me. And so there's a ton of things happening at NEMT. Don't forget all of the resources can be found quite simply at neemt.org it's all there and so before i go susan i'm going to give you the last word obviously we're at the start of the year we've got a great year to look forward to but what's your message to our providers out there for this year well thank you for having me and i hope that everyone has a prosperous 2024 i look forward to seeing everyone at our events at uh, EMS Expo in Las Vegas and at at EMS on the Hill. And um, again, we're here to serve our membership. And so look on our website. There's several ways to reach out to us if there's something that we need to be focused on that, that we're not. We're here to serve the membership. So thank you, everybody, and have a great 2024. Let me mirror that. Everybody have a great 2024. Uh, President Susan Bailey, thank you very much. Uh, We'll see you soon, uh, but I'll see you again in two weeks' time when the next episode of NEMT Radio drops. Uh, It's an absolute pleasure and an honour to do this. So for the moment, uh, thank you very much, uh, President Susan Bailey. I've been Rob Lawrence. This has been NEMT Radio, and until next time, bye for now.